Hello, readers. My name is Jason Jeffries, and I'm your host for Bookin, presented by Quail Ridge Books, Raleigh, North Carolina's trusted community bookstore. My guest today is Kwame Mbalia, author of the upcoming book, Tristan Strong, Punches a Hole in the Sky, published by our friends at Disney Hyperion. Kwame, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's an honor to have you here. And Kwame, I want to get to your book in a minute, but first I have to ask you, your bio says you are a full-time dad, which I understand is I, too, am a full-time dad. Mm-hmm. It says you are a part-time writer, which I also understand, but then it says you were a part-time pharmaceutical calibration tech, and I have absolutely no idea what this <laughs> is. Can you tell us what a pharmaceutical calibration tech does? Absolutely. Uh, so uh, you and others like you take medicine. Uh, there are companies that have to manufacture and develop that medicine. I go into those companies and make sure that the equipment they make that medicine on is working right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the simplest the simplest way I can explain it. Yeah. All right, man. I like it when medicine works right. Um, thank you so much. So your upcoming book, Tristan Strong Punches a Hole in the Sky, is under a Rick Riordan imprint. And can you tell us how you came to be on this imprint and what Rick presenting your book means to you? Uh, I was really fortuitous um, because I uh, worked with a lovely group called uh, Cake Literary and they were like, uh, Kwame, um, we want to put together a book that centers uh, the African-American cultural, you know, folk tales and mythology and legends and stories, everything that we've kind of collected, you know, as a, a people um, over here. And... That, um, for people who aren't familiar with me, that uh, that is my upbringing in a nutshell, um, is uh, this idea of what's called Pan-African, meaning that African people distributed all over the world, what we call the diaspora. Um, we are connected um, by these stories, by these oral experiences that have been passed down. And when, we've, when we're over here in the United States, um, that's what's manifested in the Burr Rabbit and the Burr Bear um, and the John Henry and the High John the Conqueror. Um, so all of those stories were, uh, if you can believe it or not, uh, played for me via cassette tape um, in the evenings. And so I've always wanted to look for a way to tell those stories and to bring them to a new generation, whether they be my daughters or, you know, children, you know, across the globe. Um and so when Rick Riordan and the Disney, the folks at Disney were like, we are looking for this specifically, like I, you can't not submit to that. Um, I think the, um, I think I worked over, worked on it for like a week. Like it just, it was spilling out of my fingertips onto, you know, into the computer or what have you. Um, and I, I told them, uh, this to his face when they surprised me with him in the office. Um, that that was a video that uh, I don't want to see again on social media because it was, yeah, I, I was just absolutely fan, you know, fanboying all over Rick. But um, uh, I told him that uh, the Percy Jackson series was really big for me um, when I read it because it uh, it centered an experience that was not like 
it wasn't, you know, it was, I don't want to say, um, it wasn't normal, you know, it was, it was a kid who was struggling, he was struggling in school, um, he was struggling uh, with friends, he was, he had, uh, I think, one or two friends in the classroom, um, and as a fan, a huge fan of Greek mythology, like, those books really just pulled me in, and just, I followed them throughout um all of, of Percy's Tales, um, the Heroes of Olympus, and all of the expansions that Rick has done. Uh, and so I told him, like, when to have this book published under the Rick Riordan imprint, it is an absolutely phenomenal experience, both as an author and as a fan, because to have Rick reading your work and and, and you two are working together to make your book better is a valuable experience as a writer. Um, and so you just get... Um, you get both positive experience as a writer and a reader, um, as a fan and as a you know a business person. You you just you're making yourself better as a person. So it was an incredible experience for me. Outstanding. Thank you so much. And besides being published on a Rick Riordan imprint, you are also now affiliated with Disney, as you mentioned. And besides all of the older traditional Disney things, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, etc., your story is now part of a media empire that features Marvel comics. Star Wars, ABC, ESPN, so many other things. What does it mean for your character, Tristan Strong, to be a part of such a gigantic universe? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I can overstate this, but to be able to see, um, to be able to see a black boy with a hoodie on the cover of that book being pushed globally, like it's, I, I, I don't know how. Um, I cannot overstate how much that means to me, you know, like it is, um, we, we hear it a lot, like authors, you know, would love, they love to write what they wanted to read, um, whether, you know, they're kids or teens or even as adults. Um, I would have loved to have seen that on the shelf. I am, um, excited that not only do my daughters get to see that book on the shelf, get to see Tristan on the shelf, um, but people around the world get to, um, experience, Tristan Strong, um, in a, in a manner, like you said, alongside such, you know, iconic figures of pop culture, you know? So, I mean, I would, obviously I would love for Tristan to become an iconic figure of pop culture, even if it's only for, you know, one or two folks who that, you know, the story really speaks to them. So it's, uh, it's absolutely incredible. And of course, when I told my kids that Disney was, you know, publishing the book, that, that opened up a whole nother can of worms. So, I'm sure. Thank you so much. Um, now I'd like to get into the details of this book, Tristan Strong Punches a Hole in the Sky. Tristan Strong is part of a family, the Strong family, who are involved in boxing. In the opening of this book, Tristan has just had his first boxing match, and he lost. Uh, can you talk to us about boxing and why you made Tristan a boxer? Um, oh, man. I love boxing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, there are very few sports I do not love, but boxing, the sweet science as it's called, um, the strategy uh, that's involved, the mental toughness and fortitude, the um, internal strength and spirit, the will, um, along with the physical skills. Like, that's something that um, really speaks to me, you know, as a person. This idea, like, it's a great metaphor, this idea that um, you have to keep fighting that you're going to get knocked down. Um, the decision isn't always going to go in your favor, um, but you have to keep standing back up 
and fighting until you know the bell rings like that's that's an incredibly powerful metaphor that is applicable you know in sports in life um in writing several drafts of a book um and so it it bo- boxing is just it has it holds a special place in my heart uh and to make Tristan a boxer and to make him a boxer that his you know who doesn't win immediately um who might not entirely see himself as a boxer, but who learns through the course of a, of the book what it means to fight, um, to get back up, to keep going. Um, I think that's a powerful message that children and adults, you know, can internalize. Thank you so much. And along the same lines, um, going back to, to Tristan's loss at the beginning of the book, um, and listeners, this is not a spoiler. It is literally at the very beginning of the book. Uh, what is it like for a child to be a part of a family that is so good at something, boxing in this case, but it could have been anything, uh, and then to jump into that world and lose? What type of psychological impact does this have on a child? It must be scary to negotiate one's place in the mythology of one's family after such an experience. Oh, it can it can be it, it can be monumental in both in a positive and a negative fashion. Um, uh, I think that uh, Tristan, you know, Tristan's father is a champion, a former champion. Um, Tristan's um, grandfather uh, is a former boxer and a champion trainer. Um, there are uh, championship pictures and trophies and belts um, plastered around their home and their apartment. Uh to know that you have such a legacy to live up to can be extremely intimidating. Um, if we if we step back from boxing and we just apply it to life, um, to know that you are following in the footsteps, whether you're the younger sibling of an older popular sibling at your high school that you're now entering, um, whether uh, you're trying to enter the family business, uh, maybe you're father or your mother or your oldest sister is a doctor and you're expected to be the same, it can be incredibly intimidating. Um, and to attempt and then fail, like, oh, that can be absolutely soul crushing. But what I wanted to make sure Tristan had um, in the story was a strong, supportive family who understands that, yes, losses will happen. A lot of losses will happen. Um, but the win can only happen if you, you know, overcome, if you stand up and if you try again. So I really wanted to emphasize that, that um, loss is an essential part of life, but it's not the only part of life. Excellent. Thank you so much. Listeners, we are going to take a break for a word from our sponsor, and then I will be right back with Kwame Mbalia. The Book and Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore, Quail Ridge Books. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. 
Listeners of Bookin can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter Bookin, B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'm back with Kwame Mbalia, author of Tristan Strong Punches a Hole in the Sky, published by our friends at Disney Hyperion. Kwame, much of this book revolves around a glowing journal, a journal that belonged to Tristan's dead best friend. This glowing object that seems to beckon to Tristan reminded me of an object in a video game in the way that it signals, hey, you should probably pay attention to this thing. Um, And then video games are mentioned again in the beginning of this book when Tristan states that his counselor talks to him while they are playing Madden. Do you play video games? And are video games something that you were thinking about while writing this book? Uh, I play probably way too many video games. In fact, fun fact, uh, near the end of um, drafting the sequel to this book, I had to unplug my console and give it to my wife and say, please hide this. I have to get back to work. Um, And so I don't think it was intentional to make that connection between the the glowing journal and the um the token the item that you know you're supposed to collect or supposed to locate in a video game but i think it's easy to see how both of those um it's it's easy to make that connection because um the journal wants tristan to read it the journal wants to be a part of tristan's life um as much as he may try to resist it in the beginning um and similar to a video game where you can, you know, you cannot progress to that next step, that next phase. Tristan can't really progress to the next part of who he's supposed to be and who he's supposed to become uh, until he comes to grips with this idea that his dead best friend's journal belongs to him now and he's going to have to do something with it. Um but yeah, I play way too many video games. What game were you playing when you had to unplug your console? Oh, I was playing, um, what is it called? Apex Legends, mm-hmm. uh, a Battle Royale, Fortnite, similar. Um, uh, and the new, or it had been out for a while, but I had just gotten it, the uh, Spider-Man game. It's oh, just yeah. too too much, too much. Fortnite's crazy because it just keeps going and going and it going. It doesn't and going. stop. It's yeah. so easy to get sucked into <laughs> it. And next thing you know, it's 4 a.m. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I mentioned earlier that this book is published by Disney, who also owns Marvel Comics. And I wanted to ask you about a line in this book, which to provide context is in a passage where Tristan is quoting people in his life who always tell him what he is doing wrong. And that line is, stop reading comic books, Tristan, and go read a real book. Can you talk about this line a little bit? Are comic books not real books? That is so far from the truth. And I wanted to put that line in there just so that we could interrogate it. Um, I recently actually made a comment uh, on Twitter um, where I said that I get this question a lot where they'll say, hey, uh, Kwame, what is your favorite book? And I said that I was going to start responding with three answers. Um a, an audiobook, a graphic novel, or, or a comic book, or a, co- or a comic collection, um, and what we traditionally think of as, as books. Because all of those, in my opinion, and in many other people's opinions, are books. Um, 
we may consume them differently, but they're all still books. And I wanted to, so I put that line in there so that we can interrogate it because obviously Tristan doesn't feel that way. Um, my daughters don't feel that way. They absolutely devour comic books. I don't feel that way. Um, one of the um, best books that I've read um, is uh, MFK um, by, I'm going to mispronounce her first name, Nyla or Nila Magruder. Um, and I absolutely could not put it down, read it front to back, uh, I think three times in a row before I could put it down. Um, it's all about what is appealing and stimulating to your brain and how you digest the material. Um, we're still digesting it. It's just a different, um, different ways of delivering it to you. They're all still books. Who's your favorite superhero? If I'm, okay, if I'm being absolutely, you know, I don't want to say traditional, but if I'm sticking to comic book characters, um, I think my favorite superhero is, uh, I think I would have to say, it's a, it's a tie. It's really a tie between Black Panther and Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. Both of those are, are um, what I kind of grew up with, uh, sneaking uh, as a child to read those. Um, but in a non-traditional format, what I would love to see, hopefully, in the future, um, is I would love for the character, one of the characters in this book, um, to get his own comic book, and that is High John the Conqueror. I would love for him to get his own comic book because he has been one of my favorite um, characters in general of all time, whether book or a comic book. I understand Disney may have some connections in that area. Um, thank you so much. Tristan's grandparents remove him from Chicago, um, where he has lost his boxing match and where he's also getting into a lot of fights in school. And they take him to Alabama, which Tristan describes as the land that Wi-Fi forgot. Uh, when describing the sound of the crickets that he hears in Alabama, something he presumably has never heard in Chicago, Tristan says, man, those crickets talk about annoying. How could anything so small make that much noise? It was like a million of them surrounded my window and were screaming the lyrics to the most annoying song you could think of, which begs the question, what are the lyrics to the most annoying song you can think of? The song um, that will never end um, from was it Lamb Chops? Uh, I forget what the name of the show was, but the character was Lamb Chop, and it's not necessarily that the song was um, the lyrics themselves were annoying. It's just that my brother would just sing it in in this really um, annoying way you know where you know it's hot you're in the back seat of a car or in the van in our case and there's you know there's not enough space and he's just right up against your your face and he's just singing the song and you can't react because then you'll get in trouble and it's just you know so that the 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 association has just become um that is the most annoying song to me um or uh whichever song du jour uh, plays in the Ambalia house for 60 times in a row. No doubt. Thank you so much. Um, Kwame, you draw deeply, as you mentioned earlier, from African-American folklore and West African gods in this book, and I'm going to kind of go down a list here. Can you tell us who or what is the gum baby? <sighs> so, um, if you're familiar with the character of Anansi, 
the spider god. He is a, a West African tr- trickster god. Um, one of his stories um, involves him either stealing or winning uh, the original box of stories um, from the West African sky god. And one of the one of the ways in which he had to get that box of stories was he had to retrieve um, three really difficult um, characters and bring them to the sky god. Um, one was a leopard, one was a snake, and remember he's a you know he's a spider, so all of these are much larger than him. Um, so he has to outwit them. Uh, but one uh, was a fairy. He had to bring a fairy, trap a fairy, and bring it to the sky god. And so what he did was he carved a little wooden doll um, out of uh, a gum tree, and he slathered it um, with, in some, um, uh, in some renditions, it's uh, the sap. Um, in some, it's just a, a sticky resin, you know, tomato, tomato. Um, and sat it there, so it looked really lifelike and human-like, and he put a plate of yams, delicious sweet yams, in the doll's lap. And so when the fairy comes along and asks for the doll, or asks for the yams, the doll doesn't respond. Uh, And the fairy thinks, you know, the doll is being disrespectful, like, look, I just asked you for a yam, can I have a yam? And still, no response. And so the, the fairy rears back and smacks the doll, and of course, the hand gets stuck. Um, and so fast forward, you know, he slaps him again, kicks it, kicks it, and he's stuck. And that's how Anansi transports the fairy to Anyame via this stuck doll. And in my um, story, I wanted to give <laughs> Gumbaby a little agency, you know, um, a little spirit, a little, uh, a little life, the ability to talk back. Um, it occurred to me in a dream. And I just, I woke up and I was like, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to, what I didn't expect was for Gum Baby to become so um, important to Tristan as a, as someone literally riding on his shoulder, um, giving voice to some of his thoughts, even if he disagrees with them. Um, I didn't expect Gum Baby to be so loud. Um, and I didn't expect for her to talk in the third person. But look, here we are. Thank you so much. And um, moving down the list, as a child, I became familiar with Br'er Rabbit through the Song of the South, which is unfortunate in retrospect. But for our listeners who are unfamiliar, who are Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, and Br'er Bear? They are um, characters in, in folk tales that um, you've got to understand. Like there's there are, there is no one source for a folk tale, right? It's um, it's stories that have been passed down, passed along. They may have morphed and twisted a little bit, but the general premise is all around the same. Is all the same, um, and so Burr Rabbit, Burr Bear, Burr Fox. Um, in some instances, there's a, a Burr Badger, a Burr Snake. A um, little less popular though. Um, they are anthropomorphic characters, um, animals who can walk and speak and talk like humans, um, who go through exaggerated um, stories in order to convey some sort of, um, sometimes it's a moral, sometimes it's a lesson, um, where 
Fox and Bear are kind of the aggressors, the um, the instigators. They're trying to hunt Rabbit. They're trying to catch uh, Burr Rabbit. And Burr Rabbit, similar kind of to a Nancy, is the smaller, wily um, trickster character who outwits them. And what those... Um, what that character of Burr Rabbit does is it kind of gives agency and it kind of gives voice to the people um, who may have been or may have felt or did feel powerless at the time, unable to um, strike back against their oppressors, uh, whether they be sharecroppers, whether they be slave owners or what have you. Um, and so you get these trickster characters that are able to outwit um, the powerful and give voice and life to the powerless at the time. Excellent. And finally, um, can you tell us about John Henry? John Henry. John Henry. Probably one, if not other than, than Burr Rabbit, probably one of the most famous um, uh, black folktales, African-American folktales. Definitely one of the most recognizable. Um, John Henry, the steel driving man. Um, John Henry, race the train. John Henry, you know, carry the hammer, carry two hammers. Um John Henry, again, is um, one of those characters whose stories have kind of um, congealed and come together over time from many different sources. Um, but what he represents is the, the power of the human spirit, um, the power of the black spirit, of black culture to kind of, again, in a different vein from Burr Rabbit, but in kind of the same, uh, with the same intent, uh, using the power of the spirit and of the heart to overcome uh, forces are raised against them. I believe in the Disney short um, uh, animated movie, you know, he, they, they, you see him racing a train. That's a popular story. John Henry racing the powerful steam um, powered drill at the time. Right. Um, and he wins. Um, but at the end of the story, his heart gives out. Right. Um, and John Henry and Tristan strong in my story um, he's he's powerful. He is um, strong, heroic, large, formidable um, leader of the, um, the the black gods, the black uh, folktale heroes um, in in Midpass and in, in the um, in, in the book. But he's also not the right person for the job. He cannot do what Tristan Strong can do, and I think that's really important. Like we all need strength. And we all um, need heart, and we all possess it. Um, but sometimes, you know, that's not all that we need to overcome. Um, we need someone a little tricky. Sometimes we need someone um, who is just a beginner, who may not know exactly what they're doing. But as they grow over time, they turn into the hero that we all need. Excellent. Thank you so much. Listeners, I have been speaking with Kwame Mbalia, author of Tristan Strong, Punches a Hole in the Sky, published by her friends at Disney Hyperion. Kwame, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Once again, I would like to thank Kwame Mbalia for joining me. Signed copies of Tristan Strong, Punches a Hole in the Sky can be pre-ordered in-store at Quail Ridge Books and online at www.quailridgebooks.com. 
I would like to thank our sponsor, Libro.fm Audiobooks. Please navigate over to Libro.fm and enter the promo code BOOKIN in the promo code space. That's B-O-O-K-I-N to get three months of audiobooks for the price of one and support Quail Ridge Books in the process. My name is Jason Jeffries and this has been Bookin'.